Thank you for joining us. Come have a seat at the table. We're just about to begin. I'm your host, Dean McGarren, joined once again by our cast of wonderful and affordable role players. The Sunday nights have met the god of destiny, Clothis. She brings with her a warning and a task. Clothis warns our heroes that if the Archon is not stopped, then the age of the gods will come to an end and chaos and tyranny will reign supreme. To stop this from happening, we must find a way to enter the Nyx and attain the power required to defeat the Archon before more gods are killed. So, let's continue our tale of Heroes of Theros, Godfall. When last we left our intrepid heroes, and the rest of you, you had defeated a Gloomwalk giant. Though, once you defeated the giant, he actually, the Nyx and the bones broke away from his body, revealing that he was in fact one of the 100-handed ones. He looks up at Klaus, who delivered the final blow, and just says two words to him. Thank you. And we will begin from there. Klaus, Ragnar, and Lopos, you were all standing around. He looks down at you. Okay, so I've got this giant creature I've just taken a mighty blow to, and he comes up and reveals his true self. Thanks me for my bravery and courage. And Klaus will look at him and say, you are very welcome, my friend. You must thank the god Clothis for bringing me here to help you. And I shall. <sighs> it has been far too long since the Nyx took me over. Is there any way I can repay that kindness? If you could direct us to what is going on in this world and how we may help right the wrong occurring. What is going on in this world? I, uh, I've been locked away. How have you been brought to this state? When people believe that a great cataclysm will come, if they believe hard enough, the Nyx will always answer the prayers of mortals. And so I became infected. My arms fell away and I turned into that creature. But you had freed me. What is the state of this world? What of the Archons? Have they fallen? The Archons have come back to the mortal world and we have been brought here to fix that. It is a dark time indeed. I used to be enslaved by Archons. I made for them their weapons. I made for them their citadels, their palaces, me and my kind. But I fear that, that my kind has died away for I do not see any of my brothers on this island. We shall explore this place. And if we find any of your brethren, we shall direct them back here. Is there anything I can do to assist you? Can you mend my bow? He looks at it. This is a weapon that is not created of stone or wood. This is a weapon of the Nyx itself. To do that, you would have to journey into the Nyx to get it repaired. Be brought whole once more. And that is what I must do. If you wish to journey into the Nyx, you may use the shrine. The shrine? The shrine of Nykthos. It is a creation of mine. I built it centuries ago to pay homage to the gods. It connects this place to the Nyx and is a bridge between the worlds. Quite like what we might need. Then come, I will take you to it. Please do. His hands will descend upon you. He holds them openly so you can actually climb into his hands. I will take you. It'll be faster if I carried you. Thank you. Who's getting on the giant? I'm getting in his hand. Okay. I'm a little bit skeptical because the last time I got up on a giant, I almost got crushed, but I yeah. really climb up there. Okay. He's having PTSD. <laughs> I see. Ragnar hesitates for a moment and then we'll uh, climb on board his hands. As you climb on, you're using only three of his eight hands. As he walks through the valley, 
The other hands will stop and hover away from him real quick to pick up massive swords. And soon the giant is fully armed and his steps make thunderous booms throughout the cavern. Tell me of your world. Tell me of an age where the Archons do not exist. Ah, will you see my world? world we come from can be a glorious place or, or depends on where you are of course you know where i'm from the surroundings are beautiful and glorious with shrubbery and all sorts of vegetation is grown i hail from a wondrous location and i was blessed to be uh, among those who were able to adventure in a wide scale he continues to tell him his story of growing up. As you'll walk through the valley, night quickly descends upon. It seems the closer you get to your destination, the darker it becomes. Overhead, you start to see the stars brightly glowing. The sky is tinged with dark blue, green, yellow, gold, red. You see the constellations ebb and flow through the night sky, telling tales of when gods did battle, when they fought themselves, and when they fought the bane of the humanity itself. As you guys get closer and closer to a cliffside, you come across a shrine. The shrine is made out of glistening marble, and all around it you see the statues of gods. And of course, you see the statues of Karanos, you see Clothis, Heliod, but a few of the statues are actually broken. Where you believe that a fire would stand, her statue is shattered and crumbled. In front of two of the statues, you see two figures. Both seem to be satyrs. One is carrying a brilliant, bright torch. As the giant sets you down upon the shrine, you recognize this satyr. It is Aeolus. The other one you don't recognize. He stands in front of the statue of Karametra, god of the harvest. And Pip, go ahead and introduce your character. Hello, I am Pip. Pip is a uh, druid. He's satyr. He was dressed in uh, mostly green, a uh, studded leather armor, and he's got his horns and hoofs about him, and he has a cloak over him as well. The 100-handed one will set you down. His hands, even though through their massive size, are surprisingly gentle, and he places you upon the shrine. He looks over at the cauldron, which is actually not lit, and then he looks over to Aeolus. Ah, you must be the torchbearer. Yes, I brought the flaming thing safe and sound. Then by all means, light the torch, and I pray that the gods will show you mercy as you enter their realm. So Aeolus turns to the brazier that isn't lit, and he uh, he, he strolls up to it casually, and he kind of hesitates for a second. I wonder if this is going to blow up in my face or not. Well, nobody wants to live forever. And he throws the torch into the brazier. As the torch hits the brazier, it flares up with a brilliant white light. It casts the entire shrine into daylight. And then it dies down. You see the shadows of the statues start to grow. They start to scrow out, and then they turn upward and stretch out into the night sky. Thunder cracks. You hear the sounds of horses. You hear the sounds of battles. Stars shifting and moving. And then before you, the pillars start to grow dark and then turn into starlight. The hundred-handed one will bend down. Good luck, my friends. We appreciate all that you have been able to do for us. Sir? What would you guys like to do? As Ragnar gets dropped off and sees these visions, I would uh, approach my deity's statue and pay it homage and say thank you for your guidance. I continue, I continue to serve in your name. Klaus will also go to where his goddess statue should be as uh, 
Did you say it was laying on the ground and in cracks or? Clothis's statue is, is remains. Ephira's statue is gone. I see. Well, then Klaus shall attend to his goddess's statue as well. Mm -hmm. And prays loudly so that his companions may overhear. Thank you, Clothis, for bringing us all here and me your champion as we progress in your name. Lopos, what are you doing? So there's a uh, statue of, of my god up here as well? Yep, there's a statue of the god Niala. The bow is broken at the feet of the pillar. I go up to her and I apologize. Like, I'm sorry I failed you. You gave me this gift. I broke it almost immediately, but I'm going to make this right. and I'm going to get this fixed for you. Okay. Pip? Oh, is I just here now? <laughs> yeah, you're here. Okay. You are the one that we didn't recognize. You're standing in front of the statue of your god. I'm just going to go up. Uh, Thank you for uh, bringing me here and bringing me here with these people and giving me a destiny. I'm, I'm excited to see where we go. And I just talked to my goddess's statue. All right. Aeolus, are you doing anything? Yes. Uh, Aeolus goes to the statue of Phoenix and he, uh, he he bows to it and lays a coin on right at the, at the pedestal. As you all pay your gods uh, tribute and homage, the pillars start to light again and you see stairs made of pure light start to appear and they head up into the heavens. Kronos, if this is your omen, I shall continue forward. Aeolus uh, pulls out his lute and he starts playing Stairway to Heaven. All right. Does anybody do anything? Once this, these stairs appear and, I, and my, I, I believe that this is an omen from my god, I shall proceed up and proceed up to those stairs. Pip just follows as well. Uh, Lopos also follows. As I finish with uh, praising Clothis, I will also turn to my companions and follow along with them. The ascent into the Nyx is a strange and wondrous feeling. You feel as if the night sky surrounds you, pulls you in, and guides you up the stairs. You don't believe you've been walking more than five minutes, and you look down, and you can see all of Theros. You can see each of the poluses, you can see the land, you can see the rivers flowing, and then you also see the beyond. Lands that no one's have ever explored. Desolate wastes, massive jungles, ice caps. And as you look into the night sky, constellations start to shine brightly. Each of them start to take on a, a very distinct color. And you see the gods above you. They oh, look wow. down upon you. What do you do? Ragnar will uh, pause, take a knee, look up into the skies, and pray to Kronos. Continue to give me strength. I need guidance. I need you to help lay out a path to tell us where we may go to help rid us of this cataclysm. I'm going to look up to Clothis and again praise her as I did at the statue and uh, look her in the face if I can and state, I am well prepared for the path you've put in front of me. We are here under your command and we have made it past as you knew we would. We have brought you here, you champions of the Nyx. Each of them will start to speak in turn. With a mighty boom and a thunderclap, Karanos will speak. Ragnar, you have been brought here for your might, for your devotion. I shall respond back. Kronos, you have provided me much. I just wish to honor you and continue to do as you, as you're bidding, as you wish. The constellation of Clothis will light up. Klaus, you have followed the strings of destiny, and that has brought you here. Are you ready to face your ordeal? I am ready. The lights of Phoenix will shine brightly. Aeolus. Yes, my lord. Through trickery and guile, you have come here. 
And by your leave, I will continue to serve. Karamata will speak. Pip? Yes? It is time. I? The only one that doesn't speak is Nyala. Lopus, as you look down, the bow is gone from your hands. Can I look around to see if I have any idea what took it? You can safely assume the owner took it back. I was going to fix it. Okay. (laughs) Do you say anything, Lopus? No, I'm just going to stand there and, like, I'm trying to say words, but I'm just stumbling on them. And no, nothing can come out of my stupid cat face. (laughs) Sorry to hear that. And another light will shine brightly. This one of golden, of a god carrying a spear. Heliod, god of the sun and king of the paragon. Humanity's darkest hour is upon them. As you look into the night sky, you can see that Aphira is no more. She has left us. And so, if you wish the gods to grant you favor in the fight against the Archon, your ordeal is to find Aphira and to bring her back into the night sky. Also, you shall do this without the aid of the gods. And starlight will shine brightly. Phoenix, Clothis, Karamatra, Nyla, Karanos. You feel something inside you. A warm feeling that's been with you throughout most of your life. A sense of power, a sense of drive. And you feel that spark die away. Your piety scores are all back down to zero. Find Ephira. Curry favored with us once more. And we shall aid you in the fight against the Archon. This is our will. And the constellations will dim out. As the constellations dim and I and and Clothis sees his goddess diminish from his eyes and the feeling goes away. He's feeling distraught in this moment and for the first in a long time, feeling alone. And he will call out greater than before, she must be out there somewhere, so he he must speak louder to her to, to reach her ears. Glothis, if it is destiny, it shall be done. What are the rest of you guys doing? As I kneel there and I hard for me to feel distraught because of who I am, but I will smack mm. my hammer into the ground and make a thunder, like, almost like a thunderclap, reach out. I shall crown us. I don't know where I went wrong, but believe you that I will find a way to restore you back into to me and that I will continue to serve in your name and glory. Aeolus? Hip? Aeolus just drops to his knees and he starts weeping uncontrollably. All right. Well, uh, meeting over. I think we know what we need to do now. And Pips just starts marching down the stairs with the determination to uh, go do what he was told. As you turn around, the stairs are gone. Oh. You're standing upon starlight. You are in the Nyx. Until you complete your ordeal, there's no going back to Theros. All right. And I guess it's here we need to do what we need to do. If we had time to uh, reconcile with what just happened, I would just pick up my hammer and pick up my shield and see if it and proceed forward for into a path where I think is where we need to go. How would you like to determine that? Uh, I would like to see if I can use uh, insight to see if I can still dig deep down and focus for a minute and if I, if Kronos if could still speak to me, maybe if I could still hear his will, that maybe he could uh, provide me a little bit of guidance of the direction that we need to go. Okay, roll insight. Roll day 20. All right. You dig deep down. You know that Karanos would not give you a task that you could not complete. You have faith in that. So if he wants you to find Ephira, then she is somewhere in the Nyx. 
Uh, okay, I'm just trying to get a better direction of where to go into Nyx to see what... Roll a religion check to see if, what you know about Ephyra. Fair enough. I rolled a 23. Through your study of Keranos, you know about the history between Keranos and Ephyra. And when Ephyra was setting up the polises and wanted to create a harbor, she had to work with Keranos. So he had to visit her in her city, which is off the edge of the Mystic Sea. The best place to start searching is to go to Ephyra's city. I will share this information with those around me and tell them I believe that even though our my Coronas cannot speak to me directly, that he is still within me and he believes that we must go to a, to a city to find Elva, Ephyra. This is the best place where we need to go to search for her. Like, do we know where that is? The Mystic Sea? I suppose that the, the the city, more specifically. The Nyx is broken up into into multiple parts. You have Mount Hyathos, which is a drifting mountain. Then you have the Tovanian Fields, which is where the Nyx-born legends battle here in ceaseless, glorious war. And then there's the Mythic Sea, a body of mist and water that hides endless secrets within its depths. Talsa's Palace also floats underwater, its buildings suspended by giant bubbles that drift with currents. And at the edge of the Mystic Sea, in a divine city of copper and marbleized hopes, Ephyra makes her home. To find Ephyra's city, you have to find the Mythic Sea first. If I, then I will head in the best direction that I would believe would, where the Mystic Sea would be. Can I still do a history roll and see if there might be something that I might know of? Like maybe sure. something I've read in the past where they might say where it is. Sure. Go ahead. Klaus rolled a 19. The Nyx is impossible to map. Everything moves with the wishes of mortals. Also at the same time is that is kind of the key to journeying through the Nyx is the mindset and the thoughts and hopes and dreams of the mortal people. As mortals, you can freely move about the Nyx as long as you believe enough. I believe that our direction is that way. I point into <laughs> Love it. Okay. Pip hears this and starts clicking as he was going, there's no place like home. I was just about to do that. <laughs> I definitely believe he knew. <laughs> Knowing this information, Klaus is going to reiterate that to the group, saying all we have to do is, you know, as mortals, we, we control this land. We can believe it to be. I need everybody to make me a wisdom check. Not a wisdom saving throw, a wisdom check to see how hard your belief is. Uh, Lopo's got a 14. Ragnar got a 14 as well. Pip with a plus five gets a 10. <laughs> okay. Klaus has a 13. Theolis has a stunning 21. Also, just because you're wise doesn't mean you're lucky. <laughs> as Ragnar marches forward, the ground beneath you is hard. You can hear his little hoof marks on the road. Just clack, 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 clack. Also with two satyrs, it's a very noisy walk. And suddenly it starts to become softer and softer. You hear the sound of waves crashing around you. And all of a sudden you guys are standing in knee-deep water as you guys are on the border of the Mystic Sea. So, how are you guys going to traverse the Mystic Sea? Is there any type of transportation that you can think of that you would like to use? Klaus would like to use a carriage that they've used at his at his uh, homestead. It's very nice. <laughs> Doesn't you know, work. Covered carriage held by four horses. No, about you, but I don't think carriages go on water very well. It will get us done faster than walking. Yes, but uh, how do you guys feel about... Uh, you heard the legend of Shamu? <laughs> I tell. Well, I, I, I have an idea. If, if you guys aren't uh, opposed to whale travel... I have an idea. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm just going to propose it this way. So, okay. I, I'm going to try to cast a spell. 
Sure. And I'm going to I'm going to cast Control Water, and basically as we as we go move forward through this area, I'm going to park the water on either side, so that there's standing water on either side. And it's a concentration spell. I can maintain, I can concentrate and keep concentration up to ten minutes. I don't know if that's going to work, but that's my that's my solution. As you cast the spell, the water starts to part away from you. Down the center, you can see the sea continues onward at a steep incline. As you take a step, the sea comes about you. How far is your control of the water? 300 feet. So, and 300 feet will basically start creating a bubble around you. Now, it lasts for 10 minutes. It may not get you all the way through, but you can definitely you can definitely walk it as for as long as the spell lasts. So, stay in here. My, my solution lasts for like five hours or so. That works. What is it that you want us to do? Fly on a whale? Not a flying whale, just a normal swimming one. I'm all about going quickly. I have no doubts about that, but... Uh, is there a way we can uh, stay what's what's dry? The well can stay at the surface, you know. I mean, it must be perfectly dry, but better than nothing. If he can keep me above the water, it would be preferable. At this point, I would like to turn into a uh, killer well. Okay. I hope they all climb aboard because I cannot talk anymore. All right. Um, yeah. Well, I'll... So is he in in the water at the moment, or like if we just did the the. The spread of the Moses thing, and he's he just transformed. Is he in the middle of the dirt now? He can jump into the water to transform. Okay. But aren't we in knee-deep water? Ragnar created a bubble for you guys to walk through. You say we do this. Uh, we'll go to a point of where I think I can, where I could, uh, the edge of where I can go. And I say this is as far as as, as I can go. And then uh, if he suggests that we ride him, then he can transform into his, into his, you know, he can try to jump into one of the sides of the water. Probably doesn't matter which one it is, left or right. And once he decides that he wants to transform, he can transform and then we can jump into the water and hold on to him. Klaus is going to take the, the driest <laughs> method to get onto this whale as possible. Okay. And maybe tiptoe onto onto him. I still wait for the, uh, him to turn and then wait for the others to get on him so I can maintain control of my spell. And then once I feel that everyone is, uh, is safely on him, then I will also get on him and then drop my spell. I call the part where I can hold on to the fin. <laughs> Klaus would like to get close to the fin purely for holding on reasons. Okay. Probably latch on around the side of it. <laughs> All right. So class and Lopos are on the fin. This is a considered a huge creature. So it's the one step below Gargantuan. So it's it's fairly large. Everybody that can get on it. Ragnar, you're kind of like, um, yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> everybody can squeeze in tight. Now, unfortunately, being a whale, you, part of it's going to be having to dive underneath the water to swim and then coming back up. I mean, I can't just get really low and not get them wet. <laughs> you can, you know, it's just going to be difficult. Okay. I'll just get like 90% of my wa- body in the water, just enough to get my uh, breathing and try not to get them wet. You breathe when you're out of water. You swim when you're in water. Okay, yeah, then I'll just stay above the water then, yeah. Okay. So Klaus is going to get very wet. Klaus is going to scream every time he gets wet. <laughs> All right. He's going to start playing a, playing a, a funny ditty on his leer while, <laughs> while Klaus is not gonna, All right. Roll me performance with disadvantage there, Aeolus. My God! Get some! Get some! (laughs) Aeolus rolled a 22 on disadvantage. God. Okay, disadvantage is not the 22. It's 18. It doesn't matter. (laughs) 
I rolled an 18. As you all travel through the Mystic Sea, traveling through the Mystic Sea is not a very calm and soothing trip. The sea itself has borne itself through the secrets, both living and unconscious. As you journey through, you see mighty titans swimming in the water. Plus, as you look to your side, you see the secrets of people. In the reflections of the waves, you actually see different moments in life that people want to keep away from prying eyes. You see tragedy, you see secret murders, you see all you see these things. It's a very jarring experience going through these waters. Is there anything that, that you know, we might recognize personally that we may have been there for or like unanswered questions, things like that? Roll me a perception. I want to roll a perception to see if I recognize anyone. All right. I rolled a 21 for perception. Klaus rolled a 21 also. Oh, wow. As you look into the sea, you don't notice anything specific. You see people hidden in shadows. You see transactions of gold coins. Because of how fast the whale is moving, you don't get really big glimpses. As you're staring into the waters, one more image appears, and that is of a temple. You've never seen this temple before, but it seems to have some very important significance to you personally. You see the symbol of the hourglass upon it. You're getting your first glimpse at Clothes' lost temple. Aeolus, as you're looking through it, you actually see someone very familiar and it was a business deal that you had with a merchant uh, a few years back. And yes, they did jip you on that. And they uh, they feel a little bit bad, but they made a lot of coin off of you one time. That son of a bitch. The wine that they sold you was definitely watered down. Oh, it tasted funny. <laughs> Anybody that wants to figure out where the hell that they're trying to go, go ahead and make me a survival check. Aeolus scored a 13. Uh, Lopos also did a 13. Ragnar rolls at 18. Klaus, roll the four. 16 for Pip. So, Klaus, you're just kind of hanging on, just not trying to find this city at all. You're just, like, trying to make sure, like, I don't want to die. <laughs> A little preoccupied from getting wet. Yeah. At Ragnar, as the waves hit you, they remind you of Karanos, and you, you get this sense of joy, and, this, and you get the feeling that you need to head south. I'm not entirely sure what you're doing <laughs> as the whale. <laughs> Uh, Pip, as you're swimming through it, using your echolocation, you're able to avoid some very massive creatures that are floating in the waves. You're able to get away without much harm, and with Ragnar guiding you, you head closer and closer to the other side of the Mythic Sea. And Ragnar, you see a wall appear along the border. As you swim along the edge of the wall, there's a little alcove where ships can come in and out. You don't see any ships docked, but go ahead, Ragnar, and anybody else that wants to do this, go ahead and make me an insight check. Gets a 15. Ragnar gets a 26. Klaus gets a 20. Lopos gets a whopping 5. As, the whale uh, gets 15. Yep. As you pull into what would be considered a dock. You remember Ragnar saying that the city that you were looking for is supposed to be made of divine bronze and marbleized dreams. But this city itself is black and it seems to be crumbling. So like my dreams. Yep. Like nightmares. There's nobody in the city as well. It's completely desolate. What do y'all do? Pip's gonna uh, swim in and dock as soon as he's allowed. Okay. Pip, you pull up to the stone ground and you let your passengers off. Mm-hmm. Klaus runs onto safe ground. Okay. Surprise, Klaus is not kissing the ground. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> probably is as well. Aeolus <laughs> is following the, the Minotaur. <laughs> so is this the dock or is this a shrine or what is that? Shrine. Does it look familiar to me at all? It does not look familiar to you personally. As you're looking at the shrine, there's two statues at the shrine. One is, of course, of Tulsa, who has her kingdom in the Mythic Sea. And the other one 
the statue is smashed and crumbled at the pillar's feet. You see a brass jug lying in the rubble. Right, I believe to um, take a look at the jug. Okay. Look at it, see if it has any significance, any, any markings on it. Sure. Go ahead and roll an investigation and a religion check. Oh, uh, the religion was a was a crit twenty four. Okay. And my investigation was a fourteen. Hey guys, is there any chance we could find a place to rest for the night? I'm still not feeling too good from that giant fight. Well, we have the shrine. Or if it's just safe enough to stay, we could probably stay here in the shrine. You could also probably try to help out with that. Aeolus is definitely okay to play uh, a song of rest while everybody's doing their thing. Klaus would find that acceptable. All right. So I guess we are going to do a long rest, Dion? Sure. We could probably rest here in the shrine. Looks safe enough. All right. Ragnar, so with your investigation role, you see star patterns on the jug. Uh, constellations. You're not really entirely sure which ones they are. But uh, with your religion check, the jug is the symbol of Ephyra, where she collects and pours knowledge out onto the world. As we are resting here, and I'm, I'm assuming we're just going to sit up watches, more likely. Sure. Before you do that, Pip and Klaus, can you go ahead and, uh, instead of typing that, could you say what you're doing? Because remember, the people at home can't hear that. All right, so Pip comes out of the water and will for me, just like jumps out, like mid in the air, he comes just down and like lands like one knee down just like a superhero landing just all right what a journey and as pip starts walking away klaus comes from behind him and yells you said it would be dry i said semi-dry not dry i mean you went underwater the whole time were you you said we would be above water uh, mostly you were sorry I, I have to keep my skin dry as a orca i will remember this Klaus, go ahead and make me an intelligence check. Klaus rolled a 17. You have to get back, too. Klaus will still remember this. <laughs> Just so you know, I could have turned into an eagle, but I chose an orca. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Klaus. You gotta carry everybody with an, with an eagle. All right. Giant eagle. Yeah. You guys decide to rest for the night, or you guys decide to rest for the next eight hours, or you are in the next, you are in the night sky. Klaus takes the opportunity to dry, make sure his clothes are all dry as well. Okay. Aeolus is uh, clucking away on his loop, you know, playing a, a gentle lullaby for his friends to make sure they feel good after their long journey. Right. Ragnar, is anybody doing anything else? Uh, no, I, I'm already doing the, doing. I'm, at this time, when we find here, while we're doing a long rest, I'm just examining the jar and getting the information that you just shared with me. So I'm just now just finding out that this is a that this is from uh, a significant piece of artifact telling us that we're on the right path for uh, oh, permission. I'm sorry, guys. I forgot to I forgot to tell you that I can cast Leoman's tiny hut. Put it up. There we go. Go ahead and describe your tiny hut. My, my version of the tiny hut is kind of like, it looks like a shelter built out of bramble, but it's covered, the top is covered in moss, and it looks like there's a, a warm fire inside. It's just, it just invites anyone in to, to come in and take a load off. The twist on that is that, that anyone who's hostile towards it or has any ill intentions to harm anyone inside, it looks like it looks like the lair of something that's really evil and, and will, you know, come out and attack them if they disturb it at all. That was my twist on the tiny hut. Gotcha. You said right. anyone that does that seeks ill harm to it? You mean the hut itself? No, uh, to the guests inside. Okay. As you guys sleep there in the tiny hut, can you see out of it or can you not? Yes, you can. 
so confident Klaus would sleep in something that in like that. Okay. Oh, I'm a comfort myself. You know, I you know, I'm all about the the finer things. So it, it's just there's there's pillows that are really comfortable and full of feathers inside. You know, there's you know comfortable blankets, all kinds of cool things in there. You know, smoking braziers, pitchers of wine. They're not really wine. They're full of water, but they taste like wine. <laughs> so perhaps, perhaps uh, you create this hut, and Klaus is like, "I'm, I'm not sleeping in that." And you say, "Come, come!" You bring him inside and say, "Try it out." You know, lay down, and he says, "Oh, this is, this is fine." Trust me, you'll find nothing better. No inn will treat you better than Aeolus's tiny hut. <laughs> <laughs> is that the banner that says outside? There's banners on all four corners of the hut. <laughs> what a nice banner. Yes, I see. Thanks. I painted them myself. <laughs> I can tell. Hey, hey, feel free to go sleep in the water. <laughs> no, no, we shall not have that. I, I consider turning back into a whale and then go, mm, yeah, no. <laughs> For those of you in the hut that has never been around Ragnar before, you'll notice that he doesn't really lay down to sleep. He'll stand and it looks like that he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily look like he's breathing. But he's in like in a motionless state, and it's, and it's looking like he's like sleeping with his eyes open. Aeolus notices this, and he's like, "So, what do we do with him? Do we plug him in, or what? Turn him to the wall? It's disturbing. Somebody throw a blanket over him. He's freaking me out." <laughs> is, is the ground of the t- a tiny hut like? Uh, is it actual dirt, or is it like a wooden floor? It's uh, it appears to be a wooden floor covered in carpet. You, re- you realize so, like to you, it looks like the most comfortable place you can to rest. But really, it is a, a dirt floor, with, and it's a dome of force because that's what it looks like. But my personal, but you know, with with me, illusion. I, so the, yes, I personalized it myself. You know, it's, okay. it's everyone invited so to come the, in. It's so really it's the floor of the shrine. It's the floor of the shrine, but your tiny hood. It looks different. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure it was actually a dirt floor underneath because I want to use Druidcraft to make me a bed of flowers to sleep in. Well, the floor is a stone because you guys camped out at the shrine. Oh. Not only that, but magic can't penetrate out of the hut. That is also mm-hmm. true. But it's, okay. if it's an illusionary, then would it appear like that to him anyway? Yes. Okay. Okay, I just spread out my bedroll and go to bed then. It's all about belief, man. you got to believe it. I believe I'm sleeping on a bed of flowers. There. Believe so hard. <laughs> believe. I'm doing that uh, thing that cats do before they lay down, where they like circle to find just the perfect spot. <laughs> but make some biscuits. Oh, I have a cat, and that—that's a thing. That is a making biscuits. Real thing. Oh yes, my yes. god! He puts them in the oven, and they taste real good. So keep in mind that anybody. Can can visualize how they want it to how they want it to look. That's how it just looks to them. So if yeah. you, it looks like the most comfortable place you feel like you could rest in. All right. Is anybody doing anything else that night? I'll take the first watch. Do you need watches in a tiny hut? If anybody comes or comes around, I can I can let everyone know that there's someone outside. You know, instead of just being like, oh look, there's a person, and just keep on doing what I'm doing. Fair enough. As you all sleep through the night, Ragnar and Aeolus, the ones that stay up for the watches, just random parts of the night, you see people walking through the town. But the moment you stare at them, they seem to disappear and fade into shadows. They make no noise. 
They have no forms. It looks to be a shade of an individual. There's no discerning marks or features onto them. They seem to be almost formed of the Nyx itself. Hey, Alex, what'd you roll? I rolled an 11 for insight. Okay. Just like everything in the Nyx, these specters aren't alive. They are filled with the hopes and dreams of individuals. At one point, you've heard tales that a virus city held you know, the spirits of the best philosophers. The greatest ideas come from this city, and she shares them with the world. But now that the city has gone dark, you're assuming that these shades have, are dying off as well. And then that you're looking at a shadow, a shadow of its former glory. I see there's a pattern or there's anywhere they're walking to in particular. Like, we're already at a shrine, but I'm assuming that because we're here and we found this jug, that there must be a temple that lies beyond the city. Ragnar, go ahead and roll perception. Uh, 12. As you're looking around, one of the shades will stop and you stare into it. Everybody else is kind of just fades into the background as you put the eyes on them. This one stands there motionlessly. As you look on and looks back at you, you can see that it's staring at you. I, I'm going to observe because I don't think I... I don't think there's anything I can do. I don't think he's going to talk to me, so I'm going to observe back and just watch him. He holds his hand up, and he points a finger due north. And as he does that, he glows a bright blue, and then he disappears and drifts off into starlight. All right, fair enough. Uh, so I, I don't do anything else, and then whenever we're done with all long red, um, I will, once everybody uh, has recovered and is, is awake, I will let them know that I believe that I saw an omen and that it points us to the north. As you all wake up from your rest, the dome of the tiny hut will start to deteriorate and all the creature comforts that Aeolus has provided starts to wisp away into the wind. You smell the sea back into the air. The city is now cold and uninviting. A few of the buildings have started to crack around you and the shrine itself looks to a hundred years in the eight hours that you stayed there. Good morning, everybody. Uh, let's get to it. Totally ignores the fact that anything has changed. Okay. I believe that we must travel north up to outside of the city. I believe that there must be a temple nearby. I saw an omen last night. It showed me this vision. Well, we can't stay here. So this jug, is it big? Is it large? Is it stone? It's a brass jug. Um, it fits pretty comfortably in your massive mitts. <laughs> I'd like to bring this jug with me because I think that this, this will serve some type of purpose. What do you all do? I'm going to head to where the uh, shadow pointed and that's the direction I'm going to head. Ragnar heads off through the city. Is there any way that I could climb to the top of one of these buildings and kind of see how, like, where the nearest landmarks are and what the structures all look like? You sure. know, the sense of direction? Yeah, go ahead and make an athletics check. <laughs> I rolled a two. <laughs> you start to climb up the shrine, and you get about halfway. You grab upon one of the stones that are sticking out, and it crumbles in your hand, you kind of slide and slip and fall back down. And you get the sense that, because of what you rolled, if you try to climb up, the buildings are just going to break and crumble at you. I don't know what rock it's called, but there's a rock that kind of like just breaks apart in your hands. Um, I'm going to be following on foot. Klaus is not going on top of a building. He, he will uh, follow, but he would like to... Klaus would like to summon his horse with his uh, bell, fine steed. So he will have that to ride upon. So you summon your horse, Ragnar heads off on hoof, Aeolus unsuccessfully climbs the building, and Lopos, what are you up to? Wait, someone tried to climb the building? Aeolus I, did. Sandstone. Did I see that? Uh, yeah. I'm going to attempt it. Okay. Is that uh, athletics? Yep, it's an athletics check. That's going to be a seven. Uh, that's a, also a critical fail seven. Yeah, that's two natty ones in a row. <laughs> you remember those old Tom and Jerry cartoons? When Tom would, like, climb up the post... And then he'll slip and then he'll like dig his claws in 
but it still breaks all the way down, and then he like kind of slides onto the floor. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens to you. You get up about halfway, you slip, you dig your claws in, but the rocks are just so porous and just so deteriorated that you just kind of like slide back all the way down. My like, God are, has truly thing. forsaken me. Uh, Pip, what are you doing? Are you trying to climb the building as well? No. Pip's just going to look at the people that are trying to climb the building and go, you're crazy. I'm just going around. <laughs> Walks around the building like any smart person would. <laughs> so Pip, Ragnar are walking through the city, heading north. Klaus is on a horse. Uh, so Ragnar, Pip, and Klaus will all reach the edge of the city before Aeolus and Lopos. At the edge of the city, you see a massive palace. Unlike the rest of the town, this palace is still shines bright with bronze and marbleized dreams, a symbol of the goddess's power. But as you look upon the obelisks that line heading towards the temple, you see something very disturbing on them. Demons. Demons are attached to the obelisks, and where the statue of a fire is in the center of the courtyard, one more of the creatures stands there. And that should not happen. And that should not be happening. Yeah, I don't know about this stuff too much, but shouldn't demons be down? We're up. Doesn't seem like this place is being well taken care of. As you all walk up to the temple, the demons hang upon the obelisk, and they all stare down at you. They make no moves. Go ahead and roll me a religion check. I racked on roll the 13. Got a 6. Let's roll the 16. Pip got a 3. Okay. Lopos? I rolled a zero. An exact zero. Lopos yeah. like doesn't even see them. <laughs> Lopos is just a big dumb cat. He's looking around, he's like, oh my god, where are we? <laughs> I've converted to atheism. <laughs> I have met all of the gods and went, nah. I don't like him anymore. <laughs> no longer care. It's kind of like par for the course for your kind. Like, <laughs> Leonins are not really uh, that religious. You're like, all right, God's forsake me. I'm done. Because <laughs> atheist means you don't believe in gods. Like, you'd have to believe in them. You just met them. But you could just ignore them. That's a whole other thing. So, Aeolus, with your 16, as you look upon all the demons, the one that's standing in front of the entrance, you know it as an abhorrent overlord. It's a demon of greed. Do I know its name? You don't know its name. You just know what type of demon it is. I'm uh, going to tell the party that I recognize it as a, as a demon of greed. The ones that are hanging off of the obelisk are known as Hope Eaters. They were the same demons that were with the Archon when it attacked Melephus. That would make I'm sense. I'm going to relay all this information to the party. So, what do you do? They are not doing anything. They're just hanging around and watching you. Their eyes never leave you. Aeolus is going to use his uh, his class um, ability called enthralling performance, and he's going to start he's going to start trying to enthrall enthrall them and, and charm them. As you start to play, they kind of cock their heads to the side. One of them digs their claws into the obelisk, and you start to hear it sizzling. And it'll immediately move its hand back out, shake it off, and then just gently place its hand back onto its perch. I like to try something if I can. Sure. I'm going to cast a Sleep Storm. I'm going to focus it somewhere in this area here because it's a 40-foot radius. So it's going to hit both of these guys on this obelisk. Okay. What Sleep Storm does is basically until the end, the spell ends, freezing rain a fall in a 20-foot tall cylinder with a with a 40-foot radius centered on a point you choose within range. The area is heavily obscured and exposed flames in this area are doused. The ground is in the area is covered with slick ice, making it difficult terrain. When a creature enters the uh, area for the first time, it must make a dex saving throw. When a failed save, it falls prone. 
Uh, if a creature starts its turn in a spell area and is concentrating on a spell, the creature must make a successful constitution saving throw against your spell DC or lose concentration. All right. So I'm trying to impact this guy on this tower and this guy on this tower, which is why I'm putting it like right here because I did the measurements. It's about 40 feet from that area. So it should affect both of those guys. Dexterity saving throws. Awesome. They're going to fall to the ground and then fall prone. As you cast the spell, the wind whips up. They furl out their wings and try to hold on, but they both slip and fall and clamor to the ground. They fall down and they are not prone. Correct? Correct. That is a concentration spell for me, so I have that up, and it's, and I can keep that going for a little bit and keep them on the ground. So as you do that, as they get knocked down to the ground, the one in the back will crane his neck. His wings furl out in one leap. He will land upon the statue of Ephira. He puts his claws into her head, and the stone starts to crack under his strength. He looks down at you all. Welcome to my sanctuary. What do you do? By Coronis' will, we will smite you from this sanctuary. <laughs> the gods have no power here. Not anymore. Klaus will uh, fall his hand into a fist. And with determination, remembering his goddess, he says, what we do. And that's what we ended for the night. What happened to Ephira City? How have the demons come to roost in her palace? And will the knights be able to climb a building? For these answers and more, join us next week for part four of Heroes of Theros, Godfall. If you have enjoyed the story so far, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you would like to support the channel, please share our story with your friends. And if you didn't like, please share our story with your enemies. Either way, we'll see you next time here on Sunday Nights. Minstrels, play us out!